Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Critically harsh reviews with a touch of class. Go. Hi, I'm Jerry, the star of the show, and with me today is Gabby. Hey, everybody. And we're here today to not do a podcast together. That was just me, Gabby. <laughs> that was my impression of Jerry. I decided not to be, you know, too over the top with it. Uh, Jerry uh, does have a little bit of a twang to his voice. I say, we're, you know, we're going to thank and do things. Uh, there's something on my leg. That's what Jerry would say. But Jerry's not here, unfortunately. He's not with me. And my heart is breaking. But I will continue on as primary host of the show. Uh, we're going to discuss things in these little short podcasts pod solos, if you will, of things that we just feel we really need to discuss and get off our chest. First things first for me. If there's one thing that really makes me throw up, it's a dartboard on a ceiling. (laughs) Thank you. you. Oh, you're too kind. You're too kind. There's something about people... Uh, that don't know the difference between entomology and etymology that bugs me, but I just can't put it into words. (laughs) Oh, I love you. I'll be here till the end of time. Yeah, Latin's for you, Jerry. Yeah, see, I can do this stupid crap now that you're not here. There's no one to hold me back. That's not a good thing. In fact, that last joke, I'm not even sure if that's the right joke, but uh, that's what we're going to go with. All right, so there's something I really need to get off my chest today, besides this hair that's bugging me. Macaroni and cheese, side dish or main dish? Now, this is what I say. It's quite simple, actually. Macaroni and cheese is a side dish if it's one scoop, a main dish if it's three to five scoops, right? It's, It's the amount. Is that not true? You get a salad. You have a salad and a small thing off to the side. It's a side salad. But can you have salad as your main dish? Can you not have just a big old massive bowl of salad and then it is your main course, right? That's what I say. So it's quantity that makes something a main dish. That's not true. But that's what I like to say. Because I have had macaroni and cheese as a main dish. I oftentimes eat just a box of macaroni and cheese. And that's what I wanted to get into today as well. What do you do for macaroni and cheese? What do you call macaroni and cheese? Do you call it mac and cheese? Uh, Apparently for the British listeners uh, and Wikipedia, they call it macaroni cheese. That's not what we call it. We call it macaroni and cheese here in uh, America, at least in the South. Macaroni and cheese. What is it about mac and cheese that I love so much? It is my favorite side dish, not main dish. I I do. I I will eat it as a main dish. Don't get me wrong. I will chow down on some mac and cheese. But my main, my favorite main dish is spaghetti. Spaghetti with meat sauce, meatballs, whatever. Put some meat in there. Marinara. Spaghetti. Favorite. Could you have a side dish of spaghetti? Of course you could. Your main dish could be. What would be your main dish with spaghetti as your side dish? Steak and spaghetti. Burgers and spaghetti. I don't know. I guess that's what I'm saying. Anything in a small enough portion is a side dish or an hors d'oeuvre. You have a big burger, a big cheeseburger, make it real tiny, like finger, you know, pick it up with your two fingers. It's a hors d'oeuvre. It's just a snack. It's not a main, it's the main, it's not the main dish. It's a side dish. But macaroni and cheese, back to what we're here to talk about. Mac and cheese. I love it in all forms. 
give me a box of Kraft macaroni and cheese with the orange nuclear powder. Put some butter and milk in there. Delicious. A dash of salt. Just a dash. You can go too heavy. Mess it all up. Just a dash. A pinch. Now, macaroni and cheese, I think in its how older basic form was like macaroni uh, baked in the oven with cheddar. Put some breadcrumbs on it. Oh, you've had a baked casserole of macaroni and cheese? Oh, must be nice. That's for rich people. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Yeah, like not everybody gets to have that. I get macaroni and cheese in a in a box for 35 cents. It wasn't until I got much older and someone baked a casserole pan of macaroni and cheese. I'm like, you can do this? And it's delicious. It is delicious. But it's also time consuming. And you can make it dry. If you give me some dry macaroni and cheese, I have no use for you. I don't want my macaroni and cheese to be dry. It needs to be moist. I know that's a word people don't like to hear, but it needs to be moist. And uh, it is so delicious. Put a little extra milk in there. Make it a little bit creamier. Oh my goodness. So mac and cheese. What is its origin, you ask? Well, lucky for you, I have Wikipedia pulled up in front of me. Apparently, it was first, uh, the earliest recording is the 14th century in the Italian cookbook Liber de Cochina. I have no idea if that's the way you say that. One of the oldest medieval cookbooks which featured a dish of Parmesan and pasta. What type of pasta? I don't know. What, what, uh, Parmesan? Will that work? I've never had Parmesan on my macaroni and cheese, so, but it's a type of cheese, so it is mac, I don't know, is macaroni is a type of pasta though, right? It's macaroni elbow. So that's just a pasta dish with some cheese on it, basically. But the beginnings, perhaps, of mac and cheese. The first modern recipe for macaroni and cheese was included in Elizabeth Rolfed, R-A-F-F-A-L-D, 1770 book, The Experienced English Housekeeper. Her recipe was for a bechamel sauce. I don't know if I'm saying that right. With a cheddar cheese. Mm, okay, I'm there. A more nice sauce in French cooking, which is mixed with macaroni, sprinkled with Parmesan, and baked until bubbly and golden sold. That sounds delicious. But again, fancy. I didn't have time for those fancy dinners growing up. Uh, throw a box on the, you know, on the saucepan on the stovetop and then, uh, you know, put in some hot dogs with it, some wieners, some frankfurters, if you will. And that's many a meal for me I had back in the day. We were not uh, people of a whole lot of means. So macaroni and cheese and wieners was what I had for dinner. That brings me to something else that may disturb you. This may disturb you. I like ketchup on my craft macaroni and cheese. That's right. Ketchup. Tomato sauce, sweetened. Is ketchup really sweetened tomato sauce? I mean, I guess it kind of is, but it's not tomato sauce. Anyway, yeah, so a byproduct of mom making macaroni and cheese with hot dogs. When I say hot dogs, I don't mean, you know, like in a bun. I just mean the wiener. So I guess I should just say, what, are those, what is that the proper name of the uh, Franken, Frankfurter? Anyway, put that with some, you know, I'd have the, the wiener on the side, put some ketchup on it. And sometimes the ketchup would roll over into my macaroni and cheese. And I'm like, oh, man. And at first I didn't like it. But then I started mixing it in. And it adds a little bit of, a little bit of sweetness to it. <laughs> just saying it sounds disgusting. But it's good. My wife thinks it is disgusting. But I mix in a little bit of ketchup with my macaroni and cheese. Just try it. Don't knock it till you try it. Also, another thing you put in macaroni and cheese from, you know, stovetop. Oh, you probably could do it in the bake one too. Rotel. A little bit of zing to it. A little bit of zing. 
Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. So, how did it get here to the United States, you may have asked. Never. Apparently, Thomas Jefferson and James Hemings, his chef and slave, encountered macaroni in Paris and brought the recipe back to Monticello. So he had an encounter with mac and cheese. That makes it sound as if he ran into a bowl of it in the back alley. You're not going to get me, Thomas. He starts wrestling it. He gets the elbow. (laughs) He gets the elbow. (laughs) Ah, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Just off the top of my head. I I just thought of that. But uh, so anyway, so he encounters it there in the back alley of uh, wherever Paris brings it back to the States. It says he uh, apparently he was trying to make the noodles himself with through the extrusion process, had some difficulties. So he just started importing uh, both the macaroni and Parmesan cheese for his use. Uh, in 1802, Jefferson served a pie called macaroni at a state dinner. Since that time, baked macaroni and cheese has remained popular in the United States. Yeah. Yeah, what about that? Interesting? Mm, probably not, but somewhat. It's somewhat interesting. So then this also made me think. Of course, there's a song. When Yankee Doodle went to town riding on a pony, stuck a feather in his hat, cap, hat or cap, doesn't matter, called it macaroni. So I'm like, is this macaroni and cheese related? Did he think it was a noodle on his head? No. So apparently, again, all you have to do is Google things these days. It will take you to Wikipedia. The source of all knowledge written in there by people that constantly get things wrong. So mm, take it with a grain of salt, if you will, but not too much salt, just a dash, a pinch. The song was a pre-revolutionary song originally sung by British military officers to mock the disheveled, disorganized colonial Yankees. If you watch Last Mohicans, it's Yankees, Yankees with whom they served in the French and Indian uh, War. It says uh, the British troops sang it to make fun of their stereotype of the American soldier as a Yankee simpleton who thought that he was stylish if he simply stuck a feather in his cap. So, what does that mean, sticking a feather in his cap and calling it macaroni? Well, if you scroll back up on this uh, the uh, Wikipedia site, the macaroni wig... Apparently there was a wig. A macaroni wig was an example of such rococo dandy fashion, popular in elite circles in Western Europe and much mocked in the London press. The term macaroni was used to describe a fashionable man who dressed and spoke in an outlandishly affected and effeminate manner. The term pejoratively referred to a man who exceeded the ordinary bounds of fashion in terms of clothing, fastidious eating, and gambling. So in British conversation, the term Yankee Doodle Dandy implied unsophisticated misappropriation of high-class fashion. So when they would sing that song, the British were insinuating that the colonists were low-class men lacking masculinity, emphasizing that the American men were womanly. Interesting. So again, this is all from Wikipedia. So who knows if it's true? But interesting. Sticking a feather in their cap and they thought they were, you know, imitating a, a British nobility or something. Never knew that. Anyway, has nothing to do with pasta has nothing to do with macaroni and cheese. Apparently, macaroni was something to do with fashion back in the day. There you go. Interesting? Eh, maybe. For some. I thought it was. Oh, the history of mac and cheese. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I hope I've broadened your horizons today. Macaroni and cheese will broaden your girth, not your mirth. Girth does not lead to mirth. In fact, it detracts from it. Usually, I've found in my depressed state. But anyway, that's all for today. Um, Yeah, no games mentioned. I'll do that next time. Bye-bye.